you just have to bunt it down. Just bunt it around. Don't don't feel like you need to shoot. It just needs to be pars out there. Just I can't make pars. This is the problem. I mean, is it psycho or is it just great planning? I'm like, why are we out here? Because <laughs> they, they love the game. <laughs> no. I do not want to hit a little like, golf ball around. Hello and welcome to another episode of Henny and Hallie, Women with Game. Uh, Hallie, I have had a very insightful couple of weeks. So um, I was at the Open Championship, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, And then I got the opportunity after that to um, speak on a panel at Sky uh, by a company, it was sort of Sky Sports in partnership with a company called Men for Inclusion. And it was about women in the workplace and how men could support them and our experiences. Oh, cool. And over the last few years, um, living in the US especially, I've had so many conversations on diversity and inclusion within the any space, I was going to say the workplace, but within golf, sports, the workplace, but from the diversity point of view and mm. specifically race. So I'm really comfortable with those conversations now, but I've never had one on inclusion um, and, and gender inclusion. And mm. so I felt so vulnerable doing it because it's something that you've, we've all had our battles, right? Um, and we've all had our experiences, but I think you normalize a lot of it. So when someone said to me like, hey, what were your experiences? Experiences, I was like oh wait a second I have to actually think about this and then all this stuff sort of started flowing out and um it was really interesting just to see how there were it was people from the world of business and finance and sports and to see how all of those experiences crossed over and intersected and were in fact really similar so the thread of the stories are similar interesting. even if the specifics are very different Um, and so sort of like some of the takeaways were what do women want from a workplace and that was really just to be able to be ourselves and one really cool actionable point that came from it was um, being an ally and how can you be an ally for a woman in the workplace and as a um, boss manager line manager however that sort of vocabulary plays out within your organization it was specifically asking women's voices in meetings in rooms for ideas um, and going out of your way to do that and then um, the other one was we've tried so hard to fit in to a man's world how can men think about you know how women like to converse and be and feel comfortable and what language and way of being can be helpful mm. wow so that's really, really really cool yeah I love, that. I love that yeah I mean obviously diversity is important but how do you make the people that you then put in that position how do you make them feel comfortable and you know to get their ideas out because I mean to have a woman in the room is is great but is the woman going to say anything like <laughs> That's a, that's right. a story. So how do you create an environment and foster that environment to make them feel comfortable, you know, giving their take or saying how things could be better without worrying about the potential repercussions of, of those comments. So that's really neat. G, uh, I would say G, that's really neat. G, hey? <laughs> 
no, but I was going to say, I feel like that's a great segue into our guest this week, Jihei Lee, who's the CEO of Sportsbox AI. She herself, former professional golfer, worked um, as an executive at Top Golf, and is now really at the intersection of all three of those mm-hmm. industries that you mentioned, Henny. So I think this is a, a really perfect guest for this conversation. Yeah, she's a really impressive person with an incredible resume and has been through it all. We've known her for many years. Um, she is incredibly successful and very inspiring. So I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Joining us now on this edition of Henny and Hallie Women with Game, we have our very good friend Jihei Lee, CEO of Sportsbox AI. Jihei, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. I'm just chatting with friends, right? I know it's funny before this Jihei and I were talking about the different ways that that we know you and I mean we we were kind of at different parts of your journey throughout golf which is so so interesting I mean people ask me like oh do you know Jihei and I just feel like I want to just tell them your life story because I just think it's so interesting and cool. So um, honestly, we could do an entire um, episode on that, honestly. But if you could just give us um, and the audience just a a little brief synopsis on your journey in golf, how you got started and, you know, the, the, the things that brought you to this point. And drop in the points at which you met. Hallie yes. and Henny. Oh, okay. I love that. There you wow, go. This is like extra credit challenge here. Like, <laughs> um, so I got started with golf when I was uh, in Korea. I was born and raised in Korea. Um, got started as a seven-year-old. My parents introduced me to the game, started playing somewhat competitively. Um, and then when I moved to the States uh, in 1995, when I was 12 years old, I, I continued playing the game, but a little more casually. I was definitely not the AJJ all-star, you know, did not play a full schedule of 35 events. Like it was just like a summer hobby thing. Um, but, you know, after high school and playing on the team at Yale briefly, um, I decided, hey, I want to give golf a real shot. So I turned pro after college. Um and I moved to Champions Gate, Florida, where I met the great Hallie Ledbetter. <laughs> and um, she, I think you were like 11 years old at the time. <laughs> so, um, but that's that's when Hallie and my lives intersected. Uh, I played professionally for about five years, five and a half years. Um, and um, after a couple of years on the Epson tour, um, I got my LPG tour card. And after my very rough rookie year, I went over and got my tour card on the LET, which is when I met Henny. And so in 2010, I played a full season on the LET, traveled to all the great destinations um, on that tour with Henny. And um, 2011, I was back on the LPGA tour. Then after 2011, I decided to leave the competitive side of the game and uh, turned over to the business side of the game. And I uh, worked at IMG Golf, representing Michelle Wee for about a year and a half, after which I went to uh, business school and got my MBA. And um, after business school, I was at Top Call for five years um, through 2020, uh, which is when I started Sportsbox. So that takes me to here and now. I love that you just casually breezed over Yale as well um yeah and then also I went to uh, get my MBA from Warden (laughs) I I I can summarize 
the spark notes are professional golfer on both LPGA and LET, Yale graduate, uh, business graduate. graduate for business for your masters, then IMG, then Top Golf, where you really like were in at the start there and revolutionized and helped revolutionize what they did from a strategy point of view, and then went and started Sportsbox, which is incredibly is a incredibly successful company now within the golf space. So that's the real proper story of Jihei for our listeners and how impressive she is and also how modest she is. Um, but Jihei, I, one thing I do want to touch on before we get into your experience within golf and business is you are so incredibly badass and so are you, Hallie. And I think sometimes it seems really um, unachievable for some young girls when they look at you up there thinking, how on earth do I get to that? So I think it's actually really nice that like we all know each other so well that we know each other's like ridiculous sides and we've seen the highs and the lows and the fact that we're all just real people who are sort of like stumbling through it and trying to figure it out. And a part of when you said, Hallie, at the start of this recording, when we were, um, before we got going, we were all talking about how we knew each other. And a lot of that is just revolved around conversations that we've been trying to take a job or make the next step or want to be introduced to someone and we've all really helped each other there um and that's uh, like a part a big part of our story do you hear is when we uh, organized the town hall conversations around race and golf after the George Floyd murder and um then subsequently the race for unity which was um an activation and fundraiser for equality and equal opportunity and inclusion within golf um which was really all of that was incredibly emotional and um yeah i i just love sort of i guess the point i'm getting to is that knowing all of us as i do everything that we've all experienced and been through it's not daunting it's doable it's very achievable I guess is what I'm saying for other people listening and it's been this wonderful sort of female get together and collaboration throughout the entirety of our lives and careers weaving together yeah and I think um I think the big thing is yes like we've seen each other through the ups and downs of like trying to figure out our lives and our careers um but I think we're all um, united by the same kind of values and our love for the game, right? Like our passion for the game that kind of like connects us. So like whatever it is and however we each individually go about um, building our careers in golf, like we know that we're on the same page about that one thing. So it's it's easy to help each other out, right? So yeah, great way to put it. Um, I would love to first delve into your experience as a woman in the golf industry and in business and tech and how those have been and how different they have been or maybe similar. I don't know. Yeah, um, they're similar in that there are very few women. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Um, and it doesn't go by unnoticed, uh, for me at least, that yeah. I work at the intersection of golf, sports, and technology, and business, all of which, you know, 
tend to skew more male <laughs> in terms of representation of the network that you um you start building and so um so yeah i mean but i i you know throughout my career it's something that i've i've uh, had an awareness of but never ever um has it felt like a real barrier right yeah i yes i understand that i am one of few but there are amazing women in uh in business and tech and in sports and golf and uh, you know, you look for inspiration where you, where you can, and you try to, you know, uh, learn from those who came before you. And it, it, yes, like there are fewer of us, but, um, you don't have to let that be a, a roadblock, right? Um, you use that almost as fuel to make sure that you're representing, um, the best you can. And you just, you just go about it, about, go about your business. So, have you changed the way you do things at all over the years with your experience as a woman in those arenas? It's an interesting question. Um, I don't think so. Again, I've had an awareness that there are fewer of us, you know, fewer women, but, um, but I, uh, you, and, and I'm generally pretty good about letting things just fall off. Right. Like, even if I had, there was an instance of like, I very distinctly remember being at a meeting with all men in the room. So this was back in my top golf days. We're meeting with the partner in the golf space. It was all men except for me. And there were ideas being put on the table, being discussed about how, how to solve this problem and that problem. And, you know, there were multiple instances of the leader kind of like the voice in the room attributing my ideas to somebody else in the room that like that happens all the time <laughs> um and you just have to just be like you know what like i'm i'm just gonna do the best i can and uh not let that you know get to me right and i think i've been fortunate enough that like you continue to do the good work and um it gets recognized eventually so I, it's 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 a tough thing because sometimes I agree it, it, you do need to have the water off the a duck's back mentality. I mean, there have been instances where I know, like the leadership at Golf Digest has, you know, obviously again male dominated uh, space. It's difficult, and I, what I love about Golf Digest too is like we are making a concerted effort to hire more female and people of color and just have a more diverse um, workforce, but it's difficult. It takes time. Right. And you don't, if you don't see it, then you don't necessarily know that you could be a golf journalist. If you're, if you didn't know that, that that was possible for you, but you know, we've had meetings where, and I applaud the, the golf digest leadership where they'll maybe put a few women in the room that, that maybe not necessarily they, they weren't qualified to, to be there because, uh, you know, maybe we're not, the, you know, the core magazine team or, or that sort of thing, but they put us in there because they're like, Hey, we realize we're all men in here. So they throw us in there to have a look at the copy. And we're able to say like, Hey, just that says, um, hit it like a tour player, but you don't have any female tour, any female tour players mentioned in this copy. Mm. So it's either hit it like a PGA tour player, or you need to add a woman in here from the LPGA mm. tour. So it's things like that 
that again, I don't think it comes from a place of malice. I just think that they, like you, like you mentioned before, G, I don't know if it was, this is all, we've had a, such a great conversation in the last few minutes. I don't know if this was before we started recording or mm-hmm. not, but you know, just um, having a, a women's voice in the, in the arena and being able to speak up and saying, Hey, like, I don't, again, I don't think it comes from a bad place, but it's just having that awareness to sort of shift things and the shift, the tone and shift the wording. So it is more inclusive. I think it is really important. So there are times, you know, when you need to, to not say anything, but there's other times where it's like, Hey, that's going to be in a magazine printed somewhere. Like (laughs) you better, you need to change that, you know? Yeah. And Hallie, like, I applaud you for doing that. And, um, like to answer Henny's question just before, like, I guess now that I'm in a leadership position at a company, right? Like I make a lot of decisions every single day, right? And um, I get to be intentional, right? Mm. When you look at our social, like we don't just have male tour players represented on our social media. Everything from things that are that, that seem um, not frivolous, but like, like everything is intentional now, right? And uh, the people on my team, um, you know, two out of the three co-founders at Sportsbox are women. And um, I have, uh, you know, advisors and investors who are like incredible women in business and tech and sports that I get to surround myself with. And that all kind of feeds into the decisions that I make on a day-to-day basis. So that's something that I love that. I love that as a, that for me, just listening to you is your response to everything you've been through is create my own environment and make those decisions. So I guess it's like, all right, you're going to attribute, attribute my ideas to someone else and someone else. Cool. I'll just keep doing the stuff, like believe in myself and know that I'm just going to keep doing the good work. And eventually I'll be in a position where I can actually make real impact and lasting change with environment and culture. Well, that's why I'm just so excited for this sort of, I guess, I mean, I feel like we've had this conversations amongst ourselves for the last few years. And it's really cool because I now see where my friends are getting into positions that where they can actually implement real change as instead of us, you know, like sitting around and not necessarily complaining, obviously, but sort of plotting for, oh man, wait until we get in these positions where we can actually do something about it. Cause I do think it is a, a, a you know, a strat, a strategic thing. You have to be like, all right, is saying something now and putting my foot down. Is that, is this the right time? I do think there's like a time and place for everything. So it is really cool to see everybody, you know, all of our friends, females that are coming up in the golf space and being like, okay, now I I can make, you know, maybe there's something that happened to me three or four years ago. And now I, I'm in a position to where I can actually, you know, make, make do something about yeah. like every moment um, kind of goes towards, you know, who you become right later. Yeah. Right. And um, I do spend a lot of time talking to other women who are just kind of like coming up in the industry. And I think about, you know, I, I've had an I've had an incredible career, really great opportunities, really grateful for all of the opportunities that I've been given. But there are moments of like, gosh, like I am capable of so much, right? Like I feel like, I mean, 
being in a startup is a whole other thing. But like when you're challenged, when you're put to the test and you have to rise to the occasion or like everything falls apart, like you, you have to do it. You can do incredible things. But if you're not given the opportunity to do those things, you don't know, you don't get to be great. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so like, I, I, I draw on that and I regret that, like, I wasn't given some of these opportunities before I wasn't pushed. I wasn't given real heavy, like big, hairy, you know, important responsibilities to like do something difficult the way that I'm doing now. Like I think about that. And when I look at other women who are just coming up, like, you know, I challenge them. I, I elevate them. I, I let them do really big, important things so that they can discover for themselves how great they can be. Right. So like, we should all think about that as we, as we become, you know, as we have these like moments, like opportunities to elevate others, like we should think about those things. Yeah. I literally got goosebumps as you were saying. That. I know. I'm like, is this a TED talk or is this a yeah. <laughs> No, oh, it's really cool. on the resume as well. GA has done a TED talk. So <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, the thing that I really love about our friendship is that um for both of like both of you, Jihei and Hallie, is that we're friends and we can have a laugh together, but ultimately like I'm still really inspired by both of you and in awe of both of you and really respect both of you. Um so it's really cool just like having these conversations and just these are conversations that we've had, as you said, Hallie, so much in private that it feels really cool to be able to broadcast this now in a podcast episode. And I love that sort of Jihei, your message right now is I created the environment. I created the space to push myself to be heard to do the scary things and you are excelling so tell us a little bit more about Sportsbox AI and what you've been up to there how that's been how that's going to change its own area in the golf industry yeah so with Sportsbox we have this incredible proprietary technology that can turn a video that you take on your phone into full 3D animation and data that you can analyze the biomechanics of for the purpose of improving your performance. Um, And we've created a product in golf that allows coaches and players to analyze their swing wherever, right? Not just in a a room with like multiple cameras and putting on a suit, but no suits, no markers required, wherever the game is being played, on the range, on the golf course, you can, you know, do a 3D motion analysis of that right then and there. So, Uh, really revolutionary. And it is, you know, truly changing the game, um, the way that the game is being taught and learned. Um, We got this started in 2020, late 2020, when uh, my co-founder Stephanie, Sam and I uh, started putting together the products, you know, what we were dreaming for the golf industry. And uh, by October of 2021, we had our first product launch uh, for the coaches. And this year, we're gearing up for our first kind of golfer or student kind of consumer product launch so really exciting things coming and you've just done your second round of seed investment it, it is our seed round um, oh it's a seed round yeah and um, I'm interested in that because we've spoken to Michelle we West here on the podcast before about her investment and I love this whole um, area of athletes investing in companies now and I think especially that gives women an opportunity to be on equal footing with men and you mentioned just a moment ago that you have some really cool female investors in this seed round yeah 
Uh, we have some amazing women, uh, both on the advisor side, but also investor side. So I'll start with investors. We've got Michelle Wee West, um, as you mentioned, uh, Marina Alex, Melissa Reed, Patty Tabatanikin, like four incredible women on the LPGA tour um, as our investors. And then we also have uh, Amanda Balionis, Kira Dixon um, as our investors, and then um, Susie Whaley, who's an advisor of ours, um, and Randy Zuckerberg, who's an investor and an advisor for us. So incredible women. And all that matters, going back to what we were talking about, like investors and advisors are people who help you think through really tough challenges and set the vision for the company, who you want to be when you grow up, when you grow up and how you want to do it. Like these are things that are really difficult to do in a silo and you don't want to do it in a silo. So you reach out to the people who are invested in the company literally and figuratively <laughs> to help you make those decisions. And if those people are all men or are all of the same kind, like you're not going to have diversity of thought um, to help you build a better product. So I love that. I have this incredibly diverse and, you know, equal kind of like representation uh, within this like investor advisor network that I've built. It's so cool. I'm not going to lie. I spent like 20 seconds being like, who's Melissa Reed? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> Mel, Mel Reed. <laughs> Mel Reed. Like, who is that? <laughs> and then I love, okay, so Mel Reed. So, I, when I Wait got on LMT, about Mel Reed. <laughs> we're going to talk about Mel Reed for a second here. <laughs> she was, you have known since most, your LAT days. Yes. Like the year that, you know, I, I was on LAT, like I remember Mel won like four times or something. And she was the most like intimidating, like badass, you know, like she, like I was scared. So <laughs> <laughs> and like fast forward, you know, uh, 10 plus years like she comes up to me she's like I want to be part of what you're doing I want to invest in your company and I'm like this is like like you just made my life <laughs> it's like your childhood idol not that <laughs> I was a child <laughs> no like she's somebody I genuinely looked up to right and and, yeah. the game of and the fact that she wants to be part of what I'm building it's just like I mean yeah it's, it's kind of I, I think like going back to I touched on it earlier that we had these really cool conversations you know in general between us that's now being broadcast which I love but like I don't think people really realize the extent to which the women that work in golf truly are our own network like we have yeah. each other's back all of us even if it seems like we're in competing jobs like there is not that environment whatsoever between players or on the broadcasting side or on the business side so like uh, Stephanie Wee and you and Hallie and Kira and Amanda like even this week I was texting Amanda she was working at 3M I was in the studio on information and Kira will text me and like Hallie and Kira will come out and hang with me when we're at the Skycart and it's just this incredible support network I would say and yeah. I, I love and that that's really coming to light now really is genuine like women supporting women like may sound like just a hashtag but like really no like and and like i'll say this now and you guys already know this like anyone whether i actually know you or not <laughs> if you want to talk things through um and you like there's value in talking things through even if it's not like here's the answer for you like 
there's value in talking things through. Like that means so much. Um, and I've I've been a you know beneficiary of those conversations too. Like anybody who wants to talk about things, want my advice for whatever reason, like I'm 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 all ears. So yeah. And I think that's um we've again on a similar vein to exactly what you've been saying the whole conversation. We as a collective of women within the golf industry have created that support that we've wanted to have when we came up on our own. So we've created that network network within each other and then we extend it out to mentoring and helping others, which leads me to my final question for you is how would you like the golf industry, the business industry, the tech industry to look moving forwards for women? Yeah, I would love to have, again, because the ones making decisions, business decisions every single day they're the ones that get to decide like how it looks on the outside. Like every little decision that you make is what you, what like consumers see or business partners see. Right. And so I would love to see more women in the positions of decision-making power um, so that like, you know, it moves the industry forward. Like the representation is there when consumers see like how a product is marketed, how things are communicated, how, what kind of content they're seeing, like, all of that, um, you know, that makes a difference, right? So I would love to see more women making those decisions on a day-to-day basis. I, I like to ask this honestly to everybody. I asked this to Jim Nance the other day. I asked this to like Butch Harmon, my dad, whoever else, anybody that is like remotely successful in what they do. I'm always so curious because I feel like the narrative of you got to know what you want to do when you're 10 years old and dream about it. And I feel like that is not true. <laughs> you know, sometimes some people might be luckily lucky enough, like Jim Nance. He had a very clear vision when he was literally 11 years old. He said he wanted to be on CBS. Then you talk to someone like my dad or Butch Harmon who are like, I just, but I just, I just love teaching golf, but I would say sort of like the thread between everybody that I've asked is that they really love what they do. And there's a deeper purpose than like for them fame or, you know, getting accolades through their players and that sort of thing. So I guess my question is, GA, when you were young and you were playing, you know, playing golf, what did you see for yourself in the future? Like what were your dreams and how have those, how have those changed? Yeah, um, I might not be the best person to like mentor somebody's like career passion because I've if I've had like seven different careers, right? No, but that's how I think you are because people need to realize that's okay. Like it's good, hundred mm. percent. You know, it, it is. It is okay. I think the one thing that really ties uh, there are two things that really tie my uh, there's a thread to my career. One is golf, clearly. Uh, whether I knew it or not, like actually when I was younger and coming up in, you know, junior golf, I was like, golf is just a hobby. It's a nice thing, like something I do, but never would I dream of playing this game professionally. I'll never be that good. It never was my, I never had my sights set on that. Right. It just kind of, I don't know, happened to me, (laughs) but golf ended up being the thread that tied my entire career. And I'm so grateful for it. And golf is a thing that like makes me the happiest. Like when I talk about golf, when I'm with golf people, I come alive. Really, like, that's that's what like what you see. Like when I'm talking about golf, like I'm a different person, and I know that 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 says something about you know how I should work in golf. Um, and then the second thing is, um, I, I, 
you know, I, I may like it, my husband, Akshay, he asked, you know, if you had all the money in the world, like, what would you want to do? And my answer to him was skill acquisition. I, I love learning new things and discovering new things that I'm able to do. And so, you know, golf, playing golf professionally was one, but then being in the golf, you know, industry and as a business person, that was another thing. And I just love challenging myself to learn how to do new things. Now I'm learning how to build a company, right? And so um, whatever that one thing is for somebody like you should, you should dive in and like give everything that you have. And at the end of it, um, you haven't quote succeeded in the traditional sense. You will have learned something incredibly valuable and you'll be a different person that's ready to take on a different kind of challenge. So like, don't worry too much about what the outcome is. And this is where everything comes back to golf. Like it's not about the results. It really truly is about the process because the process will set you up for something amazing at, at the end of it. So fairways and greens, baby. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, thank you so as, much. Thank you. As per usual, I leave our conversations feeling inspired and like I want to take action. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I cannot wait to see everything that Sportsbox does and revolutionizes in the golf industry. And I'm sure I'll speak to you about something ridiculous like dogs next week. Yes. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Bye. Bye. Well, always a pleasure to talk to Jihei, whether it's in person, on a phone call crying, asking for advice. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> she's she is seriously the coolest and one of the most dynamic human beings that I know. I think just mentioning uh, the way that we met her and she sort of threw us in her little timeline there. Um, I'll expand upon that. So I, I like Jihei said, I must've been 11 or 12 years old and she was practicing at Champions Gate. She always had these really cool Puma outfits on like these, like those, she'd wear like those newsboy caps almost. It, not, not quite like Bryson DeChambeau newsboy caps. I got to find a picture, but she just looks so cool. And I was like, wow, this girl's so awesome. And I would just, I mean, she is, I would just watch her hit golf balls. I didn't really know her well that much, but I would just sort of watch her. And then ultimately she became uh, Michelle's agent and, you know, Michelle and I have always been close. So I got to know her better through that. But um yeah, Jihei is a grinder. She would just be out there practicing all the time and definitely inspired me, even if when I didn't know her that well. But um, <laughs> I mean, the work paid off. She made it to the, the LPGA and the LET as well. Yeah, I think the thing that I love about Jihei is that she's just always been nothing else but herself in every single scenario. Um, and she's so modest. Like for the listeners out there, this woman is just the most impressive, capable, elegant, classy, well-articulated person um, that you can think of, really. I've never met anyone like Jihei. And I'm not just saying that because she's my friend, but she really is just a very impressive woman and human in general. And like when I first met her, she said it was when she was playing L.E.T. And that was like a tough time for both of us. Like we were all, there was a group of us traveling around and trying to figure out golf, which is difficult on the best of days and our lives. And we were like in our twenties and, um, and then she's gone on to achieve all of these phenomenal things, but it's um, the lines never linear. And I think that's what I really want to sort of get out there to people is that 
we're interviewing all these super impressive people and obviously we know Jihei really well and it's wonderful to know that human side of her to know to sort of I want to put that across so that people listening can kind of go okay and I think you tried to do that really nicely and like you don't have to have everything figured out at a super young age and be this like incredible phenom in order to achieve great things you can take the road less traveled and it can go up and all around the hillside and back down again and through the jungle and get lost five times and then come out and do something incredible. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing just to, you know, praise Jihei more, I mean, she deserves it. The fact that she, you know, rounded out that conversation with, if anybody wants to talk, (laughs) (laughs) Like this woman is probably the busiest person on the planet. And the fact that she is just broadcasting the fact that she's available for a conversation, if you'd like to, you know, talk through your life and your career is just the most incredible, incredible thing. And I think. And she actually is as well. Like I've had multiple, uh, every sort of um, life junction of mine, as it pertains to sort of like work and what should I do who would be a good sounding board. I call her every single time. Like right before I took the job working with Tiger, I, as soon as I got off the phone um, with the job offer, I called Jihei straight away. She was the first person I spoke to because I knew that she would have a really well-balanced, thoughtful, but also emotionally intelligent opinion. And she, like you said, she just has time for you, even though she is a CEO of a startup. Right, exactly. So we, only, we can all be more like Jihei and, and make sure, you know, we're giving back to the people around us. I think that's really important because ju- I, I think the more, I mean, we all help each other in different ways, you know, whether it's, I need something and I need a shoulder to cry. I'm not, I don't cry. I'm saying crying again. I really don't cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay well, no, to I'm be a, a crier. I am a crier. I just, I try to try to limit it to <laughs> once a day. <laughs> Um, but no, it's important to, you know, to as much as you, um, I I've been the, the beneficiary of so many incredible, um, women and, 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 and different people giving me advice and even men for sure. Um, absolutely men, especially in this industry, but, um, being able to turn around and I'm sure you get the, get that as well. Uh, Hanny, like people in your DMS asking for advice and I'm like, oh, you kind of forget like how far you've come, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, oh, me? I think I actually do have something that could be worthwhile that might help you. <laughs> For sure. you know? so, For sure. um, no, I'm just really pleased that um, everybody got to listen to uh, G. Hay because there was a couple of times I got goosebumps there and I always leave any conversation with her thinking, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take that and move that forward. So I hope you guys feel the same. Um, and that you enjoyed that conversation and we will speak to you next time um if you would like to reach out and ask for advice you can find jihei hallie and myself across all social media accounts i'm at henny koi i'm at hallie led and hold on let me check to see what jihei is at jihei j-e-e-h-a-e-d-a i don't know what that stands for but it's jihei da yeah All right, guys and girls, we'll speak to you next time.